Welcome to Sermons Online at Mantino Church of the Nazarene in Mantino, Illinois. We hope you enjoy today's service from Sunday, May 24th, 2020, with pastors Ken Garner, Hannah Jones Nelson, and Tim McGuire. Today's sermon, the fifth in our I Worship series, is I Worship, God is Good. Well, good morning, and welcome to Mantino Church of the Nazarene. Today we are meeting wherever you are. A few announcements for you as we get started this morning. First, if you have prayer requests or any questions, the contact information for our office administrators is listed above. Also, if you're interested in joining our Text to Give program, you can text the number listed in order to get more information on how to sign up for that. If you're looking for more info on our kids or student ministries, you can join our Facebook groups using the links. If you're interested in our men's and women's Facebook groups, you can also use those links that are listed in the information. Well, as we get started this morning, our structure is going to look a little bit different. After each segment, we are going to have a question for reflection for you, as well as about a minute's worth of music. So we invite you during this time to reflect individually or to talk with the people around you, talk with your family about these questions. You can use that minute of time or you can pause the screen if you feel like you need more time to talk through this question. Thanks for being here and welcome. I wanna tell you about an old tradition that I saw growing up in the church. I would sit in, very, in pews very similar to these and it was in the middle of the pastor's sermon when he was sharing a message that someone would randomly stand up and they would say, Pastor, I want to testify. And they'd spend the next two to three minutes sharing about what God has done in their lives or how they've seen God work in the lives of the people around them. Even though this was somewhat unusual for them to interrupt the pastor in the middle of the sermon, the person simply wanted to share um, how God was working in their lives, how they'd seen God's footprints in the lives of the people around them and in their own. The person was simply taking time to see the good around them. I wonder what it would happen if we intentionally took time to see the good, to see God's blessings around us. I think if we were to see one small blessing, to see what one good thing God was doing, we would see it multiply. James 1:17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. We notice one good, and it would multiply. We notice another good, and it would multiply as well. During this time, maybe the good that you see around you is God's creation. Maybe that's the gift that he's given to you, the flowers, the trees, the streams. Maybe the good is in other people around you, fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all of those. For me, I saw good this week on Monday when we celebrated my son's 10th birthday. There were people from all over that came to simply drive by and wish him a happy birthday or to give him a gift. And I saw good because I saw love in those people and I saw God's love coming through them. I want you to take a few minutes right now, spend some time sharing with someone on the couch next to you how you have seen good in your life this week or recently. And I want you to spend some time just testifying to each other. You could also share on the comment feed, share with people who are watching right now and send just a couple sentences of how God has worked good in the life around you. Share a blessing 
that has happened this week. Take a few moments and share. that he had made it was very good and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day hi i'm ava moy and i worship god by praying and going to church i'm going to read genesis from genesis 1. god made the wild animals according to their kinds the livestock according to their kinds and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds and god saw that it was good then god said let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We've been in a series at Mantino Church of the Nazarene called I Worship. And last week we talked about when we get together and we gather in our services and when we gather in groups, how we worship together. And it seems like that is, for a lot of us, the easiest thing that we do, worshiping together. And so for me, that begs the question of when we're disconnected, like the other days of the week and now during this pandemic shelter at home, why do we struggle to worship when we're not together? <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Pastor Hannah has joined us this week. She's our youth pastor, and then Pastor Tim is back also. So, I ask you guys, why do we struggle to worship when we're not together? Yeah. I fed you a softball. You want some? <laughs> you want to do it? There's, there really is something kind of on the forefront of my little brain, but it has to do with how we separate our life outside of this place from the life inside this place. And it may not be the main point. But as soon as we um, begin to be a church person, we also have, uh, I go to the store and fight a lady for the Aldi cart quarter person. We have, we have this other side that we go live in. And um, it was a brilliant thing that happened to me at some concert when I was about 13 when this big biker guy gave me a seat and he was kind, and he made me ask the question, is good only? Is good only at church? Or can good come from anywhere in here? Could God's thumbprint be on stuff that's, that's here? And as soon as okay. I started being one person rather than two, 
then all of a sudden this thing could leak all over my world. I could notice sunsets and I could be amazed and okay. I could, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. So the big biker guy, yeah, kind of, you had a moment. He showed me kindness, there. and okay. and it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have come out of him. I was a scared. Big to death. biker guy yeah. shouldn't be showing a thirteen-year-old yeah. boy yeah. like get out of the way, kid. Yeah, no. I should have been smacked, but okay. he, he was like, hey, you want to? <laughs> okay, you chair, come on. So God's thumbprint, you can, you saw it somewhere else, yes. and that something clicked. Yeah. Okay, Hannah, what about you? Why do we struggle to worship when we leave? Um, I think that's something that I definitely see in teenagers, but I think that if you don't reconcile it as a teenager, you'll continue it and, and maybe even fall deeper into like just not knowing and not knowing how to get out is um, we're never given the freedom to, to believe that everything we do is worship. Okay. So I love learning. I love going to school. I love sitting in classrooms mm. and through undergrad, when I was challenged and I, when I was questioning and having those conversations, I felt like that was the closest I was to God. Wow. And for a while, I I thought like, am I messed up? Like, why do I feel more close to God having intense conversations than like singing when some people really connect through singing? And I was reading a book and it, it was explaining how different personalities worship God and mm. connect with God. And there were so many different options that I had never been given freedom to see and to mm -hmm. try. So sometimes we say, you know, to be a good Christian, go home and read your Bible. And that's important. It's important to read the Bible. Right. But we should also be given freedom to to read books and to learn and to be in fellowship and to be in nature and to be silent. All of these things are good and can be yeah. worship. Um, so I think that teenagers wrestle with how do I read my Bible and how, how do I be a good Christian? Yeah. But if those are, if reading the Bible is the only thing that leads to that, I think we end up struggling later right. on. Right, yeah. That may not be their way of encountering right. God. Mm -hmm. And so how we encounter God uh, and allowing ourselves, like Paul says in 1 Corinthians and in Colossians, everything that we do is that we do it like we're doing it for God. And if we were able to think that way, imagine how we would play sports differently, how we would study differently, everything else. And then seeing God's thumbprint where we don't expect it. Mm -hmm. Because I I have people that I, in my mind, have been taught somehow not to believe that they're God's thumbprint. Yeah. I believe that there's something wrong with that person. And so when I'm encountering that person, I'm not worshiping, thinking about God. There's something else yeah. going on. Um, so we have a question for you to think about. If you're by yourself, uh, take some time, or if you're with someone, you can talk about this. And that question is simply, what helps you to see God's thumbprint or the image of God in people or in nature? Take just a moment and think about that.
last verse that the Moyes family read for us earlier. God saw all that he had made, the people and all of creation, and it was very good. It was very good. God said that we are very good. Creation, you mentioned sunsets and other people, bikers, whoever, very good. So how does looking for, finding the good, the thumbprint of God become worshiping for you? How does finding good in teenagers become worshiping for you? And how does it become good in worshiping? Yeah, so before the cameras were rolling, we you know, made the comment that sometimes teenagers smell bad, but they are good. <laughs> and if you have a teenager in your home, you probably are saying amen. And I would agree with you, amen. But teenagers, I think sometimes have this rough exterior that people are afraid of. You know, most people would rather not work with teenagers. Sometimes they're moody, sometimes they're scary, yes. But I think that teenagers are so much more willing to learn and to interact and to wrestle with things. Mm -hmm. um, they yeah. see these big things in the world that are happening and they're processing it and they're looking at it through the lens of what they know. So even just this morning, I got a text from one of my girls that was wrestling with this incident that happened in pop culture. And, and she was saying, this is wrong. And, you know, how do we deal with this now? And where do we go? And, and how do we handle our response? Right. Um, and she sees it and she sees that God is involved and that there is good and that she can bring good to the situation. Mm -hmm. They get right. it and, and they want to know more. So if we're willing to talk with them, they, they want to find the good and they want to be the good. That's good. And uh, just, there's a lot of age groups that smell at different times <laughs> and in different ways. And Tim ate some really strong salsa before he came up here. So, but yeah. he's still good. Socially still distancing good. is good. Yeah, so, works. Tim, how does this finding God's thumbprint good become uh, worship for you? Your, your verse um, established the baseline, it was good. Our whole lives we can spend going back through whatever's been painted on it, whatever people told us was wrong. Um, we can go back through and go like, okay, baseline, that tree's good. My friend is good. The person I just met over my fence, he's good. I have to go from there, you know, I have to start there, it's, it's good. If I start with, he's bad, then all I'm doing is like defending my position, and I get into a uh, an opposed you know an opposed relationship. And I, what I really wanted was, will he ever get it? Will you know if I think you're good, Ken, and nobody in TV land agrees with me or whatever, I still have to kind of go through until you get it. I have to kind of whatever. I have to. It's kind of cajoling you. Come on. Yeah. Do you see it? And uh, if if that's true, if then you know if if it's true, then Anything that's good is drawing us back close to his words. He said it. So when we find it, you know, I used to watch, I was downtown when Jordan was playing and you guys were watching the thing the other night. Um, in a place where in the old Chicago Stadium when I was young, the thing just would blow. And it would blow when he'd make a free throw. And it yeah. was the kind of noise that rattled my head. Like scary, big, everybody, wow! At the same time, um, there was good 
There was grace. There was some unbelievable stuff. Can we find out what's wrong with them? Can we find out what's wrong with the stadium? Can we find out what's wrong with our parking lot? Can we find Yes, all day long. We can come up with a list of things that don't look like that. Right. But we could find things that look like that. And that gets big for me when that happens. I, I start getting closer to God when that happens. So. so I think you're right. When I'm not seeing people made in the image of God, in creation as God's creation, then, they, then it is a competition. And I've got to prove something. And I'm afraid of losing. And I'm afraid that they might be right. And so I stop thinking. Um, and, and that's just not the way to live life because I end up being competitive all the time and I live in fear and uh, it's just a way of life that brings a lot of anxiety and stress. Um, there's something that you say quite often that you believe people are good and they are, it starts with a P. Puny. No! <laughs> He says all the time that you and me, that we are priceless. We're priceless. We're priceless. That was my breath. I was having a moment. Was, come on, Tim. Yeah. Doesn't he say it all the time? Yeah, priceless. No, they oh, are. Goodness. If oh, they yeah. are. Um, they are. Why are people priceless? God said they were. And he gave up his biggest prize yeah. so that we would stand and you know go past the secretary stand in his office and actually have a conversation with him. And if he thinks they're good, then it's really stupid stuff that's crawled up on me that gets me to think they're not. And so I have to stare at him for a while. And sometimes I have to ask for his help. God, I know you think he's great, <laughs> but I'm, yes. I'm not catching it right I'm now. Could you help me, yeah, could you help me out? Yeah. And, uh, but if that's the baseline of our thought, and it came from there, yeah. if that's the baseline, then all I'm really doing is kind of sneaking back towards the truth and man it's different it's right. just different well and if God thinks that everybody's priceless yeah. those moments where you're stuck in a gym with 40 screaming middle schoolers right and it's that noise that's probably louder than the Chicago Stadium <laughs> it's really easy to say this is this is bad and parents might walk in and say oh this is bad but when you reframe it and you say no these kids are priceless and you say they have a moment right. to just be free and to have fun and to love each other and yeah. And you can join in on the screaming, yeah. go for it, right? Yeah. That's that's a yeah. priceless moment because yeah. you get to just interact and live life and see these moments as good. And you just get to relax. Yes. And realize that it's not about me. <laughs> um, it's about God's image and God's going to take care of this. Yep. And um, I, for me, it allows me to stop trying to fix all of those people and instead go to where that good is, and then I can just start walking with that good yeah. and see where God is working in their lives. Um, I, for me, I forget that God died for anybody else sometimes. Yeah. It's, he, he died for me. He loves me. And, um, and I am glad that when I wasn't able to love him, he loved me anyway. Yeah. Romans chapter five, and um, and and I, Jesus said in Matthew chapter seven, treat people the way that you want treated. There you go. I want you to think I'm good. There it is. Teenagers want 
They want you to know yeah. that they are priceless, and they want to be treated that way. They don't want to be dismissed. That's when you and look most like him. You look like my, you know, you think I'm okay. You look most like my, my heavenly father, mm. you know, and that's, I'd rather have a bunch of people around me that kind of look like them. Right. You know, it reminds me, there's the direction. Let's go. Um, that's better. So when we, when we stop trying to fix everybody and everything, and instead we look for the good, the thumbprint of God, it allows us to relax and to let God take care of things. And it allows us, when we see that good, to realize that God is working in that person's life. And then we can begin to live a life of worship outside of the church service because we realize God's out here too. He wasn't just in our midst there, but he's out here too. And he's with me because he's faithful, like the song we sang, and he's going to go with me to find the good in people. Um, we just have one more question for you. Uh, do you struggle? Do you struggle to love people, or do you see God's love and God's goodness in them? Do you struggle to see hope in situations, or do you see God working in situations? And so we just want to ask you to stop for a moment and ask yourself, are you loved by God? And just think about that for a moment. Are you loved by God? that he came and camped out here and he said, I have overcome the world. The fear of all of that stuff, even of dying, I have overcome it and I will never leave you nor forsake you. God loves you. That's how you want treated. That's how I want treated. And when we can just rest in that and realize that he loves these people the same way, then and we want to be treated like we're loved and like we're valuable and like we're priceless. So that means 
I should treat them the same way. Share that love that God has for you with those people in your life this week that, that maybe you, you struggle with. Share that love with your neighbors and have that love in situations that we're in right now that seem too big to deal with because God has promised that He loves us and He will never leave us nor forsake us because great is His faithfulness. Good. We're going to say the Lord's Prayer today and the words will be on the bottom of the screen. And as we say it, if you... You need that love, that presence, that assurance in your life. As we say those words of that prayer, just in your heart, be saying, God, be that real in my life. Let me encounter your love because I don't always believe it. So just let the love of God flow in your life. And then afterwards, we'll have a blessing. And if you want, you can place your hands out like this as a receiving God and God's blessing into your life, and then we'll be done. So would you bow your heads? And if you need the words, they'll be on the screen, so you don't have to bow your heads. You can uh, look at the words there. So um, let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. May you intimately be loved by God. May you humbly return that love to God. And may you find a joy of extending that love to your neighbors and others this week as you are securely loved by God. Amen. We hope you received a blessing from this sermon. If you live in the area, we would love for you to join us at Mantino Church of the Nazarene, 698 North Locust Street in Mantino, Illinois. If you don't live close by, we hope you'll become a part of a church in your area where you'll find a community of faith and learn more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. From Mantino Church of the Nazarene, where we love God, journey together, and serve others, have a blessed day.